Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on News Talk 96.5 on the Joe Cunningham Show. Glad to be with y'all today. Uh, since the bumper sounder wanted, uh, the, the traffic bumper wanted to sound off there a few times during that uh, news break, let me go ahead and give you the traffic update just so you know. Clearly, the computer believes that you need to know there's a vehicle accident currently being tended to uh, on Oil Center Drive, uh, some traffic control uh, issues on Johnston. Uh, uh, East Farrell and Savoy, and you also have, let's see, oh, a vehicle fire. That's exciting on Dickens. A uh, couple of accidents, First Street in Doosan and Ambassador Caffrey. You also have a vehicle accident with injuries uh, at Evangeline at Pinhook. So please be careful out there uh, as you are driving in this after-school traffic as it uh, eventually blends into the after-work traffic. 232-1542. If you want to call in, now I do need to say to the few of y'all that reached out after yesterday's show, uh, thank you for your support, but no, I will not be running for president on an anti-pollen platform. That is not how I would rather redirect my energies toward activism. Uh, you know, we have a second amendment and it guarantees us the right to a flamethrower. At least that's how I interpret it because it's living document according to the Democrats. And my interpretation is that the second amendment does provide for the allowance of flamethrowers, make use of them this pollen season. I, I, I hate pollen. Um, the, the, the headache is finally gone, but the uh, tickle in the throat, like where you would have drainage problems, still persists. Uh, I'm struggling because I took a lot of Benadryl today, but also took a lot of, drank a lot of coffee to try to counteract the, uh, the drowsiness of it. I, I dislike pollen almost as much as I dislike pandas. Okay, Joe, you leave me no choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call, text, and email Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and tell her what you're proposing. Because if, if, if this were the case, destroy all the trees, we would die in, I don't know, eight years, 8.2, 8.3 years, as opposed to Ocasio-Cortez's projected 12 years. Well, you know, so, let's let's speed up the end times. I'm for it. Okay. Well, I'm just going to let her know. Just Thank just uh, full disclosure. Thank you, Mark. Uh, but yes, yes. I on my list of things that I don't like it's pandas, pollens, and, and pollen. Though those are the top two. Now, my problem with pandas is they are uh, an evolutionary dead end. They should not be around. They have evolved into fuzzy, cute parasites. Pandas realized that if they just made themselves cute, then higher order species would fall in love with them and try to save them, even though they are too lazy to breed and too stupid to breed. Uh, and yet some of them figured out that if they fake pregnancy, they get moved to air-conditioned rooms and get fed a lot more. Pandas are basically uh, the, the ultimate uh, welfare scam artists. And they, we should stop subsidizing. I mean, government, actual taxpayer money goes into saving pandas. It is incredible that we've allowed this to continue. Again, sorry, uh, sidetrack there. I just, I, I feel very passionately about these things, and I think the Benadryl is having, and uh, the, the Benadryl combined with caffeine is doing very weird things. So you guys have heard it in our newscasts all day. JMC Analytics, a poll that has come out. Uh, it, it tested two different things. The first was the uh, the popularity of of folks like John Kennedy here in the state. 
uh, with the with next year's Senate race, of course, you've got John Kennedy with 53% of the vote. That's about where I expected him to be right now, and frankly, about where I expect him to be in November. I don't see him needing to get into a runoff against Gary Chambers or Luke Mixon. I think what's not very uh, surprising is that Chambers is far more popular than Mixon. Chambers with 14% of the vote, Mixon with 7 You also have uh, John Bell Edwards. His approval rating is at 48% favorable, 44% unfavorable. And you can kind of expect that as well. Ken, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Edwards, for his um, for all of his faults, he is perceived very well in terms of his handling of issues like COVID. And I know, I know what you guys are going to say, uh, but across the state, it's a fairly good. And remember, only fifty-eight percent favorable, forty-eight uh, percent favorable. He's not above. It's not in the majority, but his handling of issues like storms and the handling of issues like COVID nineteen, they they have been giving him some. Uh, they've been giving him, you know, a little bit of a boost in popularity. Now, here's the other thing. This is what I wanted to get into. I know Bernie talked about it in the morning news today. It's not so much the Senate race. The Senate race is largely unsurprising. Kennedy at over 50%, Kennedy not needing to go to a runoff. That's about where I expect him to be the whole way through, possibly gaining more popularity. We'll see. But they also, JMC Analytics, ran a test of a gubernatorial ballot. And Kennedy is on there with 22% of the vote. Sharon Weston Broom, who I told you guys, I think, you know, uh, when we first started the show a couple months back, I told you we heard these rumors that Sharon Weston Broom, mayor of Baton Rouge, was considering jumping in. Now, not tested in here, which I think is a mistake, is Gary Chambers. But of course, that's my opinion right now that Chambers is laying the groundwork here in a Senate race to run for governor later. But he wasn't tested in this. Here's what's interesting to me. Kennedy has 22%. Broom has 14%. So you have the top Republican in the state with one. You have, uh, you know, the, the next, I guess, most recognized Democrat in the state, Sharon Weston Broom, at number two. Then you have Jeff Landry with 11% and Bill Cassidy with 10%. Let's go ahead and... Um, Let's dive into that a little bit. Cassidy is number four on potential gubernatorial candidates. He's ahead of Nungesser, and he's ahead of Schroeder. Why would you put Kennedy, though, into this? He's not announced. He's not announced. He's probably not going to announce. If he didn't run in 2019, he's not going to run in 2023. But Kennedy is not announced. Why would Kennedy be in this poll? 232-1542, if you want to call in. When we get back, we'll have that and your calls here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk, 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk, 96.5 KPL. 232-1542, if you want to call in. And on the lines now, we've got David. David, how are you? Hello. Hey, thank you for calling in. What's up? Uh, you were talking about pandas yes. earlier. Yes. Were you talking about the giant panda bears? Yes. The pandas? Yes. Do you know China owns every panda in the world? That does not surprise me. And if you want to use the panda, you have to pay China. If you want to put a panda in your zoo, you have to pay China. That's... And any cub, pandas have cubs, mm -hmm. born 
goes back to China. That's crazy. That's you know that's just one more reason why I don't like pandas. I don't. <laughs> I don't want see because uh, you know how much how much of our zoos uh, some of them are private owned but but how much government subsidy goes into zoos endangered species protection all that and how much of our government oh, money has lot. gone to pandas a and lot. therefore to China a lot a lot and we have to pay we have to pay China to have a panda. Yeah. That blows my mind. It's unacceptable. That, that blows my mind. It's unacceptable, David. Thank so, you. Thank you for uh, right, thank you for filling you. us in on that. Thank you very much for the call. 232-1542, if y'all want to join in as well. Yes, I do not like pandas. I hate them more than I hate pollen. Going back to what I was talking about before the break. So JMC Analytics ran a poll. And it was it basically was focusing on two things. One, John Kennedy's reelection chances, which look good. Again, he's up at 53% over Gary Chambers as 14% Luke Mixon at 7% and so on. No surprise that Kennedy has uh, 50% plus one at least and avoiding the runoff in this poll. I expect that's where we're going to stay. Also, no surprise that Chambers has way more support than Mixon does. In fact, if you look at it, two-thirds of the black electorate, of, of the Democratic electorate is black, and two-thirds of, uh, and, and Gary Chambers has twice as much, or twice as much of the support that Mixon does in this poll, and I don't think that's a coincidence. But the other thing here, the other thing they tested in their poll, a gubernatorial race that includes on its sample ballot, Kennedy. As a gubernatorial candidate, Kennedy gets 22% of the vote in this poll. Sharon Weston Broom of Baton Rouge gets 14%. Jeff Landry gets 11%. Cassidy, uh, uh, Bill Cassidy gets 10%. None guess her at 7 And uh, you actually see, um, Hewitt is on there. I guess they mean Sharon Hewitt uh, with 2% of the vote over Schroeder, who has just 1% of the vote. And then 29% of the vote undecided. A couple other candidates on there. Why is Kennedy in this poll? We know that there are rumors that Broom wants to run and is so far the only Democrat who has made any kind of noise about that. I still suspect J Gary Chambers will make a play at some point. But he can't until the Senate race is over. But why is Kennedy on this sample ballot? There's a couple reasons as to why. Scott McKay has this over at the Hayride. We know he's not going to run in 2023. Uh, at, at this point... Kennedy is making a lot more waves and getting a lot more uh, a lot more recognition, notoriety, whatever you want to call it, where he is in the Senate. He had a very good week last week in questioning Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the uh, Biden Supreme Court nominee. So there's a couple reasons why Kennedy could be included on this poll. The first is that maybe some friends of Kennedy commissioned the poll. And they wanted to see Kennedy's chances, maybe try to talk him into it. But again, I don't think he's going to run. Maybe it's just a way of measuring his popularity in the state against all the other potential leaders of the state. Maybe it solidifies his leadership of the Republican Party in the state. Could very well be the case there. On the other hand, this could have been commissioned by Cassidy or Cassidy's people who want to see 
where Cassidy lies on this, because there, there was some talk that Cassidy was maybe considering a gubernatorial run himself. He's not going to run for Senate again. He promised two terms. He's in the end of his second term. Or he's, he's going to be in the end of his second term in the near future. And this would be a great job shift for Cassidy, assuming he had any statewide popularity, which, frankly, he doesn't. I mean, again, looking at this, Cassidy has seven, I'm sorry, 10%. And that's probably based off name recognition. If this was commissioned by Cassidy's people, then yikes. Cassidy's favorability, according to this poll. Um, his unfavorability... Uh, somewhat unfavorable, 19%, very unfavorable, 30%. So 49%, nearly half of the voters in this poll view Cassidy unfavorably. 13% are undecided. They have no opinion on Cassidy's favorability. Uh, only 38%. So there's an 11-point spread where he is more unfavorable than favorable. That is bad news. Now look at the party affiliation on that. Cassidy's favorability among Democrats is 39% favorable to 48% unfavorable among Democrats. Among Republicans, 36% favorable to 52% unfavorable. Deep underwater there. There's not going to be a chance, really, for Cassidy to get in to, uh, to, to be the governor. And, and I don't think he's going to try to jump in if these numbers continue the way they are. So if it's a Cassidy poll, it's not a very good one. But consider the other Republican names of the list. Kennedy, probably not going to run. Landry has 11%. Nungesser has 7 Schroeder has 1%. Schroeder's the surprise here. But part of that I think you can attribute to Kennedy. I think Kennedy's vote can get split up between Landry and Schroeder, and I think Landry's just been more vocal and more active, and that's why more people are, are affiliating with him right now in this poll than with Schroeder. I think the inclusion of Hewitt is kind of interesting, but we'll see if, if there's anything to go there. I don't think there is, but who's to say, really? Republican voters are breaking 54% for either Kennedy or Landry, and white voters are breaking 43% for one of those two. Ideologically, they're almost the same. Cassidy and Nungesser are pretty much ideologically aligned as well. They're going to be the moderate Republicans. That is a very, very interesting point. The data point shows Louisiana wants more active conservatives than they want just Republicans. Because as much as the Democrats want to say, well, the state is, is one-third black and we should get you know, two uh, majority-minority districts, the population, population distribution is still such that the state, by and large, is Republican and pretty conservative. Moderate Republicans aren't going to do very well. 
You can already tell by looking at how popular Clay Sheck Snyder is in Baton Rouge. People want more vocal, more conservative leadership in their Republican Party. So they look for a guy like Landry or look for a guy like Kennedy. Which means that Schroeder's got to start really, really displaying his conservative bona fides a whole lot more if he wants a chance to stand against Landry in any meaningful way. But it also means that the Republican Party can't look at Eddie Rispone or David Vitter or any of these other candidates and think, well, what we have to do is we have, we have to moderate, we have to be more peaceful. No, look a few states over at Florida and look at how that's playing out. 232-1542, if you want to join in the conversation. This is going to be a big gubernatorial year for Republicans, 2023. If they cannot manage to pull this win off, there's no point in having a state Republican Party anymore. They should not make any play for the governor's mansion at any point if they cannot handle this gubernatorial election. And we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I want to talk more about conservatism. There's, there's something brewing underneath that I need to talk about across the country. When we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in. Will Hurd is a Republican and is being featured in some media outlets as like the next thing for Republicans, the, the next chance for the Republicans to move away from Donald Trump and reclaim sanity. Of course, they throw these candidates out there and they do these features on them when they know those candidates are actually not very likely at all to win. And it's really a fool's game to think that Will Hurd or anybody like that is going to be a viable challenge to the Republican status quo right now. Strategically speaking, your next step is going to be, as I've said before, somebody like Ron DeSantis, somebody who is basically evolving what Trump was as a candidate and president and focusing that energy a lot more rather than completely rejecting it. But in this interview that Heard has given to, I forget which publication it was, maybe The Atlantic, Heard is talking a lot about Republicans moving away from the culture war stuff, moving away from the social stuff. And I take a lot of issue with that. Not because... I'm somebody who is extremely socially conservative and wants to see Republicans win all this culture war stuff. Frankly, I am far more socially progressive than probably most of the people you'll hear on radio. But at the same time, there are some cultural boundaries that still need to exist. When you look at the polling, it's not fiscal or policy issues that Republicans are winning over traditionally democratic demographics on. Women, black men and women, Hispanic men and women, they aren't switching to the Republican side because of sound fiscal policy and just an outstanding foreign policy. 
when you look at the polling and look at the issues where Republicans are making gains in races, it's these social issues. Take Virginia, for example. Had the issue of education not come up in Virginia, we would not be talking about a Republican governor and a Republican legislature and two other statewide elected Republicans in their lieutenant governor and attorney general. We wouldn't be. When Terry McAuliffe first ran for governor of Virginia three election cycles ago, I think it was, he ran, no, two election cycles ago. What was it? It was one of those. But anyway, uh, McAuliffe was pretty handily beating uh, Ken Cuccinelli at the time. The Republican Governors Association felt that Cuccinelli was too much of a Tea Party Republican and didn't support him. They threw no money into that race. Cuccinelli was behind in terms of money and in terms of statewide name recognition. That close, the ultimate result of that race was a lot closer than the polling showed. Cuccinelli made a comeback in the last couple days because a robocall came out hitting voters describing Terry McAuliffe's extreme view on late-term abortion. And McAuliffe has maintained a position of uh, up until birth. And, and McAuliffe, he's, he's more mainstream with Democratic politicians. Abortion up until birth. But that issue swung a lot of voters back toward Cuccinelli. You have immigration, which is pushing a lot of Hispanic voters back toward Republicans. Right now, Republicans, I'm, I'm sorry, Democrats are livid with the Biden administration because they want to eliminate Title 42. Title 42 is a, a, process, a procedure that was put in place during COVID that would force immigrants to remain in Mexico due to COVID concerns. Now, the Biden administration is pushing to repeal that. And it's expected that by tomorrow or later this week, Title 42 will be repealed by the Biden administration. And you have Democrats like Mark Kelly of Arizona who are pleading with Democrats not to do it, pleading with the Biden administration to not do that because it will hurt his reelection chances. Kelly's in a lot of trouble in Arizona as it is. Education, immigration, and the transgender stuff, the LGBT stuff. You're not going to find many Republicans out there that say, we need to go and get a Supreme Court that will overturn Obergefell. You're not. The status quo on gay marriage is what it is. But a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats draw the line at transgender athletes competing in sports, uh, male, biologically male athletes competing in women's sports particularly. You will find, I've, I've mentioned it before, there is polling that shows even a majority of Democrats oppose teaching sexuality and sexual identity to kids in kindergarten through third grade. They oppose this. They don't want to see that happen. But the left is so dogmatic in pushing these things. The left has complained for years and years and years that Republicans want to enforce a theocracy on us. 
they were really heavy on that with George W. Bush when he was pushing for a, a gay marriage, an anti-gay marriage amendment to the Constitution. That was only because the Bush administration realized they weren't really making a whole lot of inroads with the conservatives anymore, needed to bring them back into the fold. But the left has accused Republicans for decades of pushing for a, a basically a theocracy to rule government. And that's not really what Republicans have, are after. They're pushing for social norms. Well, here's the thing. Their social norms are the very thing the left wants to destroy. And so the left is actually enforcing its own religious theocracy. Granted, it's a theocracy of secularism, but it still fits. They're still pushing their theocracy on America by forcing everyone to accept their moral platitudes. That we should allow biological males to compete in women's sports. That we should be talking about sex and sexuality to kindergartners. They're pushing for these things and calling you a bigot and calling you a racist and calling you a homophobe if you oppose all of their ideas. But the social issues are winning for Republicans. So from a strategic sense, Will Hurd and these other Republicans who are against this are doomed to fail repeatedly because the social issues are going to be what win Republican elect, Republicans' elections. That's why this talk from Hurd, Bill Kristol, other, quote, Republicans and former Republicans, it's all made by, these are all statements made by people whose feelings are hurt that they don't wield more power in their party. They don't wield more influence in their party. They want to be the people who run the party and who dictate the ideas. But the party has moved away from them, or rather they moved away from the party. And as a result, they're basically shouting down anything that is actually winning Republicans' elections right now. 232-1542, if you want to call in when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about these social issues and, of course, your calls here on The Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in. You can also join me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and you can email me joe at redstate.com. Uh, so there is, uh, Mark mentioned it uh, just in, in the break just now, there is some severe weather heading our way, kind of like there was last week, but we're probably not going to see any closures from it. Uh, the, the most severe of the weather looking at uh, the most recent maps that I saw was going to be far north of Lafayette Parish. It's not even going to really hit our parish. There will be some severe rain and wind in the area, but the worst of it's going to be a couple uh, a parish or two north of us. So you probably won't see closures like you saw last week. But as always, uh, be careful out there and make sure that uh, you're taking care of yourself and your families while on the road, no matter what. Just like I was saying earlier, um, you know, you did see some uh, some traffic issues. We still see some incidents out there. Uh, Ambassador, there's a vehicle accident. Eras Landry at Galbert, uh, there's a vehicle accident. Uh, so just, you know, be careful out there. Stalled, uh, stalled vehicle on Willow. Uh, just be careful driving out there, whether it's traffic, rain, whatever it is. So back to social issues. The Republican Party is making some serious inroads into demographics that are traditionally Democratic Party demos, Black and Hispanic voters in particular. 
Hispanic voters really in particular. Hispanic voters are shifting to the Republicans at higher rates than I think anybody was actually anticipating. But the Biden administration is doubling down on appealing to progressives. I mentioned this yesterday, and in fact, uh, the Wall Street Journal appears to agree with me, although they didn't mention, be, mention me by name, but I still you know, feel like they somebody out there was listening to me. The Republicans uh, are very, very upset with the, um, the Biden administration uh, pushing for a budget that raises taxes so much. But there's a couple other things that's in this bill, that's in this budget they want to. For starters, they want to completely scrap the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment is an amendment attached to legislation that prevents the federal funding of abortions. And the Biden administration pushed for that in, their, in, in this year's budget. And ultimately, they worked the Hyde Amendment back in. Now the Biden administration is saying for next year's budget, they want to scrap the Hyde Amendment entirely. It's worth noting that the entire time Biden was in the Senate, he supported the Hyde Amendment. But here's something else. From the Wall Street Journal, so much for President Biden's pivot to the political middle. The fiscal 2023 budget he unveiled Monday repurposes most of the bad ideas that haven't passed Congress and adds a new one, a tax on wealth that he refused to endorse as a candidate in 2020. On the economy, he's pivoting further left, presumably to fire up sullen progressives in November. Like I said yesterday, and like I will keep saying, 2022 is not a matter of Democrats trying to win moderates and Republicans over. At this point, Democrats are just trying to rally their own bases. The far left progressives in, in the Democratic Party are. You have the Joe Manchins and Mark Kellys and uh, Kirsten Cinemas and those like that who are pushing for Democrats to try and moderate a bit, but they're not listening to them. The Democrats want to raise the corporate tax from 21% to 28%. They want to raise the individual top rate to 39.6%. They want a 20% minimum tax on households worth more than $100 million. They want taxes on unrealized gains for the ultra-wealthy. This is not a proposal you put out there if you're trying to win over moderate voters, especially... When there's plenty of evidence out there to show that these taxes don't just hit the rich, but hit the middle class as well. And Biden promised that he wouldn't tax the middle class, but they are openly pushing for policies that would. They are not looking to save the Demo They're not looking to save or to try to bring moderates back. They're looking to save their own party's base. And the Democrats are in trouble if that's the case. The progressives have a firm hold on the party. And they want their far left, the, the, it's, um, it's not a minuscule, but it's not the majority of their base, the majority of their voters. But a good chunk of progressive voters is still a vast minority in regular American voting politics. And you have the progressives getting everything they want in policy proposals from the Biden administration. This budget will not pass, as is. Republicans will block it. 
and they will be joined by Joe Manchin and others if you include things like getting rid of the Hyde Amendment. They're trying to rally their own base. They're not trying to diminish the Republican base or try to bring moderates back. They're trying to rally their own base, which is a pretty big, which, which is a pretty big red flag for where things are going. The Democrats are worried about their own turnout in 2022. All right, that's all the serious stuff. I do have to bring up one more thing. Representative Madison Cawthorn, been in the news a lot. I have to bring up this story. There's no way I cannot bring up this story. Cawthorn has been causing a bit of trouble for Republican leadership in Washington, D.C. And today is no exception. Cawthorn is out there saying that he was invited by elites in D.C. to do cocaine and take part in orgies. Is there anyone out there who doubts that this is going on in Washington, D.C.? Because I don't. Maybe not to the extent that Cawthorn's kind of implying, but clearly, if you look at Washington, D.C., and you're a normal, God-fearing person, you will turn into a pillar of salt. I'm not, I, I don't disbelieve, I, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not skeptical of the idea that this kind of stuff is happening in D.C. I'm skeptical of the idea that guys like Madison Cawthorn, who have routinely rejected Republicans and Democrats, at, you know, by and large, would ever be invited to such things. But we're now talking about it. And, and Kevin McCarthy, the, the, I would say fearless leader, but he's got so much fear of taking a stance on anything. Kevin McCarthy wants to sit down and have a chat with Cawthorn about it. Never mind that McCarthy is not really going to say anything uh, too harsh about Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's causing even more headaches for Republicans. But Cawthorn's saying that D.C. is an orgy-filled, cocaine-fueled house of cards. And uh, I really wish people would stop trying to make Washington, D.C. sound so cool. We need to stop that. <sighs> anyway, sorry, I had, to, I had to go on that tangent because that's where we are right now. With all the other stuff going on, we are focusing a decent amount on what this one representative who's kind of nuts is saying. But that's where we are. In Baton Rouge, last thing before we have to go. In Baton Rouge, what we're going to be looking at for the rest of the week is this special session coming up tomorrow where they're going to try for the veto override of the congressional maps that Governor John Bell Edwards uh, vetoed not too long ago. As of right now, I'm suspecting the Republicans can't. I'm, I'm going to guess the Republicans don't pull off the veto override, but we'll see. I'd like to see it. But as I mentioned yesterday, this is partially a problem of the Republicans' own making in Baton Rouge. And that'll do it for today. We'll be back in 23 hours here on The Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL.